0: Hello, and welcome to the online Education Pod, a podcast produced by Zuma. I'm Doug, and this week I have with me Tobias Passma, our latest addition to Zuma. He's a, he's a HubSpot solution architect, and he joined me for a very nice discussion about the biggest mistakes that people make with HubSpot. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you learned something. Let's get started. How are you twice welcome to the yeah, podcast good. thanks thanks fun to be i uh podcast. i always ask when we have a new guest if this is their first podcast have you been on a podcast before
1: uh i actually had my own podcast for some time
0: aha uh-huh. all oh, um, right
1: okay so i did uh i think it was maybe eight episodes uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: and then it kind of yeah uh died off
0: yeah <laughs> it, was <pretty laughs> fun.
1: it was just me and a buddy and then we invited like different guests that were yeah doing something specific in marketing or,
0: okay so so it was marketing related it wasn't something yeah, totally yeah. different okay, uh, yeah, good well um, today we're going to talk a bit about HubSpot but uh, before we do that um since you're a new guest I thought maybe you could explain a little bit who you are and what you do at Zuma.
1: Yeah. So, uh, let's see, I started working with, uh, Zuma as a, as a freelancer about two and a half years ago. Um, but then, uh, now this 1st of December, I really became a zoomer. So that was a super nice change. Um, and what I do is, uh, well, HubSpot, 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 it's a HubSpot what I do. Um, my, My official title is uh, HubSpot Solution Architect, but uh, I like to describe it myself as uh, uh, solving Sudoku puzzles (laughs) the entire day. So HubSpot is the puzzle, and then uh, I try to figure out why it's the best to put a seven in that specific box.
0: (laughs) that makes sense. It (laughs) does, it does, that's a good explanation. Well um exactly well, that makes you a perfect guest uh for uh, today's topic really because um like I said, I wanted to talk about HubSpot, but specifically um focus on the mistakes that companies tend to make with HubSpot and I know yeah. you've worked with a lot of companies who you know are, are be more experienced with HubSpot are just starting off and you know it's a huge it's, it's quite a wide ranging platform there's all kinds of different tools and unique aspects to it so like in your experience having worked with hubspot for quite a long time like what are those common mistakes that you see generally
1: Mm. so mistakes that happen a lot is more like in the i would say in the beginning you see a lot of mistakes uh not so much around like how people are using hubspot but more on their expectations with it Uh, HubSpot themselves and HubSpot partners are pretty good at selling HubSpot, but that comes with the consequence that sometimes the expectations are uh, different from what they are. Um, And that can be that it's, um, well, if we implement this, then we are going to generate more leads. Yeah, no, that's only half the story. Or if we implement this, then we're going to have higher quality leads no it's you just get an empty toolbox it's what you do with it that makes a difference um so i think that's uh that's of course a very uh common mistake or that it's like uh implemented as a as a project like uh, yeah we have a project uh hubspot implementation and uh okay so we have someone available to do this the coming uh two months and after that after that we'll see and then nothing happens Um. Then there's maybe like two ebooks live and maybe three blocks published in a year. And then it's like, yeah, we're not seeing an ROI of this. Yeah, we're going to cancel. Like, oh, you didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, so around like expectations and like the amount of like time invested. Uh, quite a lot of mistakes that come from there. And a little bit more. Another thing is that there's no like real owner of the tool. Um, I think it's like it significantly boosts like your mm-hmm. the amount of success you can get with the tool if there's like one person who's like the HubSpot hero who actually enjoys the tool, who likes the tool, who understands the tool, who gets a bit hyped about the tool, uh, and that internally people can go to and ask questions uh that kind of promotes the tool and comes up with suggestions in like meetings where maybe a partner is not always there and come up with a suggestion like oh hey but we can maybe use hubspot for that or yeah maybe we shouldn't do that in that tool maybe we should move that over to hubspot or kind of a an internal champion that's really like in the beginning beginning
0: yeah yeah and uh just to go back to that thing about expectations like why do you think it is like that and, and i suppose how should people see hubspot in that case because i mean i've I've used hubspot for a while as well and i part of the reason that i like it is you know it's kind of a jack of all trades kind of thing like it can do quite a lot and it's at the same time fairly easy to use but yeah i mean uh you've you've worked with companies who are adopting it for the first time like is is that not how they see it um yeah,
1: so I think there's there's a, a difference here in um, this sort of type of company that you have. So sometimes you see a company where it's like, there's a sales rep that's kind of sick of Excel sheets and starts a free account and then gets budget to upgrade to a sales starter and a sales pro and ah, some other colleagues and it kind of like organically grows and uh, <laughs> then maybe, Later and later, they're like, okay, now we're maybe let's let's add marketing help as well. And it's more like coming from like their own resource uh, or research, solving their own like a sales rep just trying to solve his complex, complexity in his daily in his daily work, which is a very different starting point than, uh, say, uh, a sales rep from an agency or HubSpot convincing the. Uh, Commercial manager of a of a company, like, yo, this will solve all the problems that you have, and there's like, your life will be so much better and greater once you once uh, you've bought HubSpot. Um, so in in that uh, in that scenario, uh, of course, I'm like exact over exaggerating quite a bit here, but um, in that scenario, the chance of like wrong expectations, I think, is a, is a lot higher. Yeah
0: yeah we um it reminded me actually we we had a webinar this week with uh martin ray and he was um talking about you know when when you adopt a new tool or a new system or something you can um it's usually better to you know try and change your way of working to fit the tool rather than you know expect the tool to plug into your way of working and maybe that's a kind of issue with hubspot you know people maybe have a dysfunctional uh, process themselves and think yeah oh we'll get hubspot and then everything will be better but if you just carry on in the same way you know with this extra yeah, layer exactly. of, of complexity with this tool you know you don't really see much effect <laughs> i suppose
1: yeah just a new box for the same stuff yeah yeah no and i think uh that adapting uh, adapting to the uh, adapting the process to the tool um Kind of depends on which hubspot product you're we're talking about and how much you would have to do that i think in uh like if you're already like doing an inbound approach in your marketing hubspot is great um for that part of course uh, probably not going to be able to manage also your media buys and stuff in there um but then of course for your I think for service hub, if I'm completely honest, for service hub, there's maybe more of process that will need to have uh need to adapt to the tool than for example in marketing hub and sales hub. Again, depending of course where are you coming from, did you already have a process in place or not? Like if you if you haven't worked with tickets before, if you haven't worked with a live chat before, you're gonna make quite some differences in your in your process when moving over to service hub. Uh where I think like with Sales Hub the process can still can quite often stay the same it's just enhanced mm-hmm. with a lot of like <laughs> nice tools that take a lot of time away from the uh from the sales reps doesn't like makes makes them more effective mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's always it's always good to take in into consideration like what's your what's your current process um how would you process yeah in an ideal world what would your process be like and then see okay how can we translate this like redefined process into hubspot is there places where uh, we have to make a change from our desired process either for the better or for the worse in quotation marks Um, yeah and then it's because you know (laughs) the thing with a tool that's built from a specific philosophy And the philosophy is also very efficient uh, effective if you're then going to recreate a process it's probably going to fit pretty well in that tool built for such an effective process um yeah so for example um i worked with uh with a scale up some time ago um they had some sort of process with like sdrs and, and account executives and uh it wasn't really defined. They had some steps, but um, and then like the first exercise that I did was sat down with a commercial uh, with their CCO, and I said, "Okay, this is like for what you guys are doing." So they were doing something with like uh, AI, and uh, so their sales approach was maybe less on less on consultative selling, more on like provocative selling. Um, so. And from coming from that approach, the best process would be this here. So sketch it out with all the steps and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, but like we had a discussion like, oh, yeah, but this one we should do a little bit. Make a small tweak here and make a small tweak there. And then it was like approved after 15 minutes. And then, of course, when sketching that process, I already know this is going to work in HubSpot. There's no extra complexity here uh and it's a best practice process so then it was like okay cool implementation could go pretty quickly and they were super stoked that was that
0: uh, that was a good example um and you, you mentioned before you know the typical hopefully not typical for hubspot but you know it happens commonly that a company will adopt adopt hubspot and six months later they haven't got to where they want it to be or, you know, for, yeah, or, you know, they haven't used it to its full potential. And then they say, ah, no, this isn't working. Um, like what do you think a, a kind of company that's at the start of that process should really focus on to build like a, a good foundation for their continued use of HubSpot, you know? So like, you know, maybe yeah. they shouldn't start off with like, Having a really good chatbot or something you know that's nice to have but maybe that's not the most super important thing but you know what would be the the good foundation you know
1: yeah so if they if they want to like prove the investment uh based on or prove if it was a good investment based on uh time saved that can be uh yeah you can show that super quickly like hey used to take us uh two hours to make a landing page now it takes me 15 minutes to make a landing page and I make landing pages forty times a year, okay, well, this is the time saved, great uh, and then you can do that for all the different tools and wherever you feel like you're saving time. Um, but then when it's more on like, yeah time saving is all good and fun, but we went like lead and narration and like higher sales qualified leads, then I would say in the beginning, just focus on a couple of like quick wins get a create a, a good ebook. And if you don't have any content available, uh, well, you always have some content available. Just like <laughs> grab five K studies, uh, put them together in a in a PDF, and call it like uh, inspiration for how to blah blah blah. Uh, Real life examples. And you have your ebook ready, um, of course, with a bit of designing and some extra writing, mm-hmm. um, and then just push that out on create a quick landing page push it out on uh linkedin lead ads uh that's yeah they're pretty effective i think still we're now a little bit too late uh i think i'm not sure but like the sponsor messaging or the you know the sort of like chat bots you could build inside linkedin messaging
0: uh-huh, they were yeah. really if
1: they were really effective as well but I just got an email this morning and i think they're going to close it down end of the year uh-huh, for, okay. uh, for the eu mm-hmm. uh so maybe by the time this podcast comes out it's- <laughs> but it was it'll a- come
0: out in a few days so everyone listening okay. just <laughs> yeah rush you know I- go straight and get as do as yeah. much as you can before they die
1: because that like wow that was that was effective that was yeah, yeah. um and then just like some money in to prove the concept get the leads in uh do like a a simple nurturing flow don't uh if it's just for like proofing proving the putting yeah uh, just do like a simple nurturing flow and and the and, uh, leads over to mm. uh and then in the beginning i would definitely like don't start with lead scoring models <laughs> yeah Uh, that's uh that's one thing that people are yeah something that's like written a lot about and then people will think it's fancy and they're like yeah let's build lead scoring model and they're like really Uh, uh, you have
0: have to kind of walk walk before you run yeah
1: yeah 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 uh spoke to a company a little bit ago and they uh they got this like uh AI specialized uh, machine learning yada yada agency to help them with their uh, like conversion prediction model slash lead scoring model and uh, like long project later uh, big investment later the result was yeah people that visit the pricing page have a higher tendency to buy that mm. was like that <laughs> <laughs> the, the most useful conclusion from the whole <laughs> project like mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh really. Uh uh. Um so yeah, definitely don't like I would say lead scoring don't like it mm, lead scoring in the traditional sense with like demographics and firmographics and psychographics and uh behavior don't do it before you are at like 150 leads generated a day mm. uh, and even after that see if you if you really need it mm. usually uh a simple model that's just based on behavior is uh is sufficient mm. not a big fan of that uh,
0: the other element no it doesn't sound like And when you hear machine learning, AI, or uh, big data, just uh, run in the opposite direction, I suppose. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Quite often. Mm. Or be very skeptical.
0: Yeah. That is a little bonus bit of good advice. Great. Well, uh, thank you very much, Tobias, uh, for joining today. And um, I hope uh, you'll be back again for some more HubSpot episodes at some point. Yeah, yeah, sure. Great. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, speak soon. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Bye. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Online Invocation Pod. If you enjoyed it, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or to the RSS feed. You can get a link to it on our website, zuma.agency. We'll see you next time.